Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Awesome, awesome. So, um, I had the opportunity to be on your show um, last week, maybe. Um, so, I uh, definitely thank you for joining us in the studio to kind of blow our mind. Um, one thing that's very interesting, and in this show um, is really about people that have been successful and the clues that they have developed and learned um, throughout their career. Um, but we talked about franchising a lot. I think. Um, could talk about the Ninja Zone and what the Ninja Zone, what, what it does and what it's all about. Sure. Uh, well, what Ninja Zone is, originally what it was supposed to be, was a way to rebrand and remarket gymnastics for boys. So I started in the gymnastics space. I had, um, at that time, three gymnastics gyms. And basically, I looked at it and said, wow, it's 95% girls. <laughs> and so... Um, one day I was sitting on the bleacher and watching my daughter's class, she was three, and I was talking to another mom, and the mom was like, man, my son would love this, but my husband would like never go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was so true, because we would have like coaches over the years, they would always bring their sons in, and we had the football teams in, and they were just, they loved it. And it was like, man, I, it's almost like if we just called it something different. So originally, it was it was a way to rebrand and remarket gymnastic, a gymnastics-like program for boys. We weren't trying to do gymnastics, but just some place where they could climb and jump and flip. And um, so after that, the program kind of evolved to really um, something, a sports fusion of all of its own. It's gymnastics, parkour, martial arts, and obstacle course training, OCR. So like American Ninja Warrior for kids. So that's really what it is. And um, how the, the licensing model kind of took off is that I started the program in one of my gyms and saw immediate success. Like just all these kids showed up and the you know, made sense to the parents. And um Somebody was like, man, you might want to trademark that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then after that, I thought, well, maybe, you know, I could really kind of see like a, a sport happening from this because I had been in the gymnastics industry. I saw like all-star cheerleading come through. And then at that time I was doing CrossFit and I thought about back to like BMX and snowboarding and skateboarding and all, all of right. these like emerging sports. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this really could be its own thing. And so at that time, I thought, well, maybe I could just, you know, develop a rule system and a game format and, um, you know, sell the curriculum to other gym clubs and we could have competitions. And um, then I went and got some business advice and they said, well, why don't you pilot the program? See, see if other people have the same success that you do. So I took about a year to do that and found 10 clubs across the U.S. and said, here, try this. Does it work for you? And it did. So then we launched um, launched as a license in 2000, March of 2015. So the program started um, right at the end of 2013, piloted in 14, and then kind of went live with it in 2015. Wow, that's amazing. And to date, how many units do you have? So 300. Wow. 300, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what's the difference between a license and a franchise model? Well, I think this is definitely 
up for debate. I see <laughs> if you, everybody in franchising and licensing asks the, you know the similar questions, and you can find answers on both sides of the coin online for sure. Depends on who you're talking to, but basically, it comes down to what control you have. Um, we are it, ours. Um, we can't place as near as much restriction and rules on how they operate the program, right? right? So, um, and we also don't take profits. We don't take a percentage of their gross revenue. So mm. it's a it's an upfront fee and then a flat monthly license fee. But from what I understand, um, a franchise is a license, right? So it's, um, it's just not regulated by... The, the federal government from from what I understand. So it's um, a little bit, um, you know, lower cost, much easier to scale, less requirements. But um, for us, it, it really seems to be working because I feel like the culture, um, the culture is more impactful than the rules, so to speak. Right. People don't like rules. No, nah, not at all. Yeah. So um, in terms of the license fee, what, what is a, what does, what, what is a fee? What does that consist of? So, um, we do it's fifty five hundred dollars up front okay. and four hundred dollars a month wow. now ish. <laughs> so it, it we continue to to raise it as you know, as we build the resource library and um we've never dropped it. It's always gone up. And then um we also where we've also found um success, I guess, is with some of the products. So um, we they wear an adorable little uniform with <laughs> little ninja eyes and a headband. And honestly, when we started it, we thought, well, this is, you know, this is another good revenue stream. And, and we don't, um, we can't require it. But the fact of the matter is everybody that has it is, they're the most successful licensees. So um, that has been really, that's that's that was an unforeseen like really great thing and in, in taking over this promotional products company when I had no idea that that's what I was doing. That's uh, awesome. Now, in terms of like, uh, there's different models in terms of the license fee, right? There's the gymnasium model, but I've also seen some standalone just ninja zone stores as well. I think they yeah. have one of Fishers in Indiana. We're currently in Indiana. Yeah. Um, do, like, what's the pre- percentage of licensees in like a big box gym or and what, what are the ones that are standalone? So I would say 95% are inside another facility. Okay. So we opened two pilot um, flagship uh, standalone locations and those are the Ninja Zone Academies and the intention there was to give us the option to franchise a larger concept or at minimum a premium license that does something different and um, we're still kind of you know tweaking the levers on those but it's exciting because most of our licensees, um, they grew out of their space. Mm. So, I mean, we have people knocking down walls and, and grabbing the unit next door. And um, we thought it would be exciting to, you know, give, give Ninja Zone its, its own place and have it be the focus of the business rather than a program inside of a, of a, of a facility. Wow, that's awesome. Now, now, in terms of the equipment that's required for the Ninja Zone, do you guys help with that equipment? Do you kind of spec it out? Um, what's the minimum square footage that's that's allowable? Or yeah. what's a typical digital look like? So, um, well, that's what's cool about the, the license especially is we are a curriculum company. So mm-hmm. what's neat is we can take any space and we can we can transform it into, into a ninja zone space. So anywhere from even 1,500 square feet to 
40,000. It, it doesn't. It's just how many classes do you want to run? So we have we have the curriculum is just like little Legos, right? So it's just how many Legos do you want to put in that block? Um, what we're testing out right now um, is a about a 5,000 square foot space. So in order um, really to make it scalable and have, you know, multi-unit owners, we wanted to look at that 5,000 square foot restaurant box that sits at the end of a lot of strip malls. Mm-hmm. And um and that is, it's it's working. Um, we still have, you know, the operations and th- there's just differences that, that come out of not being inside of a gymnastics facility, but um, it's it's going great. That's awesome. Do, do you have any short-term, long-term goals for Ninja Zone? Like, wh- wh- what is your, where is your mind at? Because you started licensed, what, what year? 2000, March of 2015. Wow. Yeah. So it is now, uh, what is it, October of 2018 mm-hmm. you have 300 licensees mm-hmm. so what, what will be your short-term and long-term goal so i think um short-term is to enter another market whether that be um, community centers whether mm. it be standalone units um, we're kind of testing all of those spots uh, right now we're we're mainly in the um mainly in gymnastics facilities but a lot of them are multi-sport centers so mm. um that I think short term it is testing in out in different industries, and then um, long term is is definitely the entire is is the industry. It's the um, I have a picture that sits above my desk of uh, CrossFit, and it shows like the first CrossFit Games, yeah. and then um, what it is now, and and there's like you know, 20 people with their, you know, metal chairs sitting around at the CrossFit Games, and then it shows, like, a full stadium. And um, we have the Ninja Games for the kids, and it is it, – it's just – I think more than anything, we want to um, bring back what kids' sports are for and bring back the the multi-sport athlete. Um, we really want to be the athletic foundation and create this really early positive experience around sports – so that they're ready to do or play any sport. And um, we can only do that through amazing experiences, almost like, you know, going to camp or just those childhood experiences. So long term, it's 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 the industry of, of a new sport. Yeah, that, that's amazing. My son um, is seven years old. And when he was younger, maybe two, three, four, he was in um, a gymnastics class. Mm-hmm. At first, we thought we were going to do gymnastics, and he walked on the balance beams, and he swung, yeah. and he really enjoyed it. But I, I heard an um, interview, um, and you talked about the confidence that yeah. Ninja Zone builds for young men and how them being able to be active and creative really gives them um, great confidence when they enter into sports. Yeah. Now they're not intimidated by the sport because they feel you know secure within their own body. Right. Right. And secure not only, you know, physically that they know how to move their body. I mean, it's it's um, gymnastics teaches coordination from yeah. a very, very young age. And, and people don't realize how important it is. I mean, for me, I think it, like, you know, you teach your child how to swim so they don't drown. Like teach them gymnastics so they know how to they know how to fall. They know how to um, understand their bodies enough to pick up sports later on in life. I don't even care if it's like yoga when they're 40 and they need it and they need to have the confidence that they understand how their body moves and I have all sorts of stories from 
not only my my gymnasts, but the ninjas and the coordination that they develop at such a young age that is inherent that stays with them. I mean, you know, kids skiing down a mountain hits a hits a bump, starts to flip over, going to land on her head and just tucks, flips and lands on her feet like a cat. Wow. And it it. And we see it, I've seen it happen on the football field, like somebody, but there's people that don't have it or go down and, you know, break a shoulder or a collarbone or whatever. And I just think that giving the gift of coordination over the confidence over their body, but then more than anything, confidence that they can complete these small successes. Gymnastics has been broken down into such small progressions we took that from gymnastics and put it into ninja zone where we broke things down to these tiny little wins right it wasn't like it wasn't like they have to um there's just a lot of wins so just like playing a video game it's it's we in the curriculum we balance how much they master like the swaggery of or the, the swagger of mastery and the challenge of what you don't quite have yet. And if you can balance that perfectly, that's when kids really get addicted and it just it builds their confidence like crazy. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I remember, um, <laughs> as, so I had three older brothers as, as a young child um, and I had one younger sister. So my mom made me do activities with my youngest daughter so she can have a sibling yeah. in class. So one of these activities was ballet. So for like three years, I did ballet. I mean, full blown, the tights, the vest. Three years? Three that's years that's committed. But, but you know what was amazing? Uh, one, there was a cute girl in class. So I kind of, you, you know, that's, that's all I needed. Um, but the confidence of like me doing um, first position, second position, doing splits, like jumping around <laughs> and like holding stuff like my core. Yeah. And I think that helped me my whole athletic career because even now I get stretched. And like the, the the trainer be like, you're so flexible. Where'd you get that from, right? But I think gymnastics, ballet, I think all yeah. that stuff, their fundam- the fundamental core yeah. is through like, you know, stretching, you know, flexibility, all these things that, you know, translate very well in any other sport. Yeah, we say every class is core, cardio, coordination, confidence, and character. And mm-hmm. those are our five C's that, that happen every day in every class. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So that's the the business side. How did you get to the Ninja Zone? Like, where, where were you at in your life to what was the American Ninja Warrior out? I mean, how did you, I mean, obviously you heard about the gymnastics, yeah. um, but how, did you grow up? Were you in um, karate or anything when you grew up? No, so um, so I I was I grew up in the gymnastics world. My parents were gymnastics coaches. They started one of the first um, private gymnastics schools like in the country. So it's back when school or when um, you know sports weren't even private yet. You went to the community center, or the Athenaeum, or, or whatever the YMCA. And so I grew up with parents that were coaches, and um, I was a much I definitely found my passion in coaching more so than I did. As a gymnast, I think I quit when I was 11, but that was the gymnastic side of it. When Ninja Zone started, it was um, it was a way to create. Okay, I've got this. Um, we we want to rebrand and remarket this program for boys. What do moms want? And where's the hole? And the hole was younger boys before they can really like play team sports to the point where it's not just like clumps running around after a soccer ball right like um 
what do they want and why do they put their kids in in what? So, you know, you went to ballet and, and your mom knew, I'm sure it wasn't just because your sister was there. There was something that she was, right. whether it be discipline or I something. Hope, I hope that, that yeah. thought came across to her head. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was... It was just this perfect storm. So we looked at what do parents want, and um, they, we know that they, they know gymnastics for coordination. Um, American Ninja Warrior was coming out. I had never actually even seen the show because wow. I worked every night. Like, who watches television? And uh, But I knew that people knew about it. And so there was OCR, or um, Obstacle Course Racing, American Ninja Warrior, and then parkour was mm-hmm. really on the rise, which was cool and trendy. And then the other thing was martial arts, where if a mom is, you know, has a five-year-old or a six-year-old, why do they put them in martial arts? Discipline. So ultimately, it became the discipline from martial arts, the strength and agility from obstacle course training, and um, the coolness and creativity from parkour, and then coordination and confidence from gymnastics. So that's kind of how it all landed. Wow. <laughs> nah, that's awesome. So what, what moment, like when you're going in the early stages – um, what were you thinking as a young, you know, uh, business owner, entrepreneur? Um, when, when did the, the, the aha moment happen? Like, did you, you sold 300 units, but like in the first year, how many did you sell? Or was it there's one sale that happened that occurred? Was it licensee validation that really took it all? What would you say to the young business owner who, who's right there and they just want, need something? What, what validation was it for you? There were so many of those little moments, and I still am, like, addicted to those moments of distinction. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I crave them. Um, I, think, I think there was a moment early on when I heard my – I think it was my, my sister-in-law, like, over – she was a teacher, and she overheard kids talking about Ninja Zone on the playground. Mm. And, and I thought, like, that it just never – I mean, it never – like what I did was never really known in the community, right? And then um, there was a time when a mom came in and she was like so excited because she got in the Tuesday class and her friend didn't get to sign up until Thursday and she wanted to make sure she went first, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like a carpool line yeah, thing. Sure. Like, what is it? So that was definitely a big moment. But um, I think when we launched we we went we used um just an email marketing campaign in 2015 and when we did our first like sale um you know we sold licenses and i just it was like oh my gosh like we like we actually did something and then um i remember i remember having a conversation with my husband like man wouldn't it be cool if we just had like one ninja zone in another country and then i remember getting an email from australia and i'm like oh my gosh like but there's just there's been a lot um there's been a lot i think um my husband's been very good about um teaching me to celebrate those moments like he's all about well let's celebrate let's celebrate (laughs) and um i was never good at that but what it does is it anchors it anchors that in so i would tell a new entrepreneur that anytime you feel progress like there's it's the journey that is the that is the fun part. And if you can just stop and look at those just little moments of just little goals, little successes, they they'll build. Now that's amazing. Um, that's definitely a great clue of success. I can remember, uh, early on, you know, your entire life, you play football to win the championship. 
And then after you win the championship, you wake up and water's still wet, <sighs> right? You still put on your pants leg one leg at a time. And, like, the world doesn't change. Yeah. And so many people think this epiphany moment happens and you're – for the rest of life, you're just going to be walking on air as you walk around. <laughs> but no, you go back to work. But it's those small moments that lead to those big moments. But you said the journey is so important. All the losses, all the victories, all the small stuff. You have to enjoy the ride because yeah. it's not about getting to the, the top of the mountain. And then, you know, then you're going to appreciate the view. Yeah. You, you got to learn to appreciate it along the journey. What Definitely what I would tell myself, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago is to journal. Yeah. Like that, mm. if I, if I, you know, I don't have many regrets, but that would be one because when you journal and you go back and look over what you've accomplished, you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I can do this. And it just shows you what you've done so that you can set your goals a little bit higher the next time around. And you don't realize how much you actually accomplish until you look. Wow. That's amazing. What, what, are, um, what do you do? Not that you have all the time, but what, what, what have you done? to really develop personal development. You know, obviously I, my philosophy is the speed of the leader determines the pack. Yeah. And I feel like as a CEO, I have to do more than the people who work for me or work with me because I want them to look at me like, hey, this guy isn't just content. He's still hungry. Yeah. So what things have you done in your career that, that have helped propel you to where you're at? Um, gosh, I have um, a coach. I have a business coach. I have a life okay. coach. I love, I just, I believe that, you can't get anywhere. You can't get to an elite level without a coach because we all have blind spots, right? Mm -hmm. um, so definitely that. Um, any conference that I, f I feel that I can get to, um, even if it's just one thing that I can take out of three days, they, it can make a huge, just huge, 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 massive difference. Um, obviously books and podcasts and everything, um, really looking to the people that have already made it, right? Like, I, I'm all about like, you know, let's find the people that have what I want. And then, you know, what books did they read? How did they get there? And just modeling them, you know, in that way. And um, I think, I think more than anything, taking as much time as I can for myself mm. has allowed me to think so much more clearly. And so, you know, there was a time where I was doing so much so fast, but I was like, going like this up the ladder and now I feel like I'm moving a little slower but I'm heading in much more of a straight line and it's because I've taken that time to think um, I started meditating two years ago and it kind of changed my life wow <laughs> um, and it really just it just I don't know there's a I just have so much more peace in the in the progress and in the journey going straight ahead and not constantly questioning my decisions. So, so what's the process of meditation? Cause that's something that, um, <laughs> I, um, I talk to myself and I pray. So I don't know if that's quite meditation. Is it being still? Is it no thoughts? Is it any thoughts? I mean, what, what exactly is this? Cause I'm, I'm going to get this down. I'm going to, I'm going to start meditating. So that's, um, I started with just like, I started with headspace and just try to do the whole mindfulness where okay. you just kind of kind of sit and, you know, hear the sounds in the room and feel your body touch the chair. And, I, and I'm just like, eh, you know, like yeah. I tried laying in one of those pods three years ago and I was like, get me out of here. What is this <laughs> yeah, thing? I'm, I'm, that's not going to work for me. Right. That, that won't work for me. But 
it was if I, I, I could do it now. Okay. Like I'd like to try it again because mm. I know I could do it now. So I actually stumbled on, um, it's called TM, it's Transcendental Meditation. And there's, you know, I read a book, The Science Made Sense to Me, um, just about the connections, strengthening the connections in your brain uh, as you as you go into an altered state. And um, actually I was at a conference and um, – I was standing in a long line at Whole Foods after a Tony Robbins conference. And this girl had a bag, and it said, do less, accomplish more. And I, like, wow. tapped her on the I'm like, oh, like, tell me about that. I, I went in, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, tell me. And she turns around, and she's, like, glowing. And I'm like this – she was just, like, her skin and her eyes and her just, just beautiful red hair. And I was just like, who is this person, right? And anyway, she has a company, and it was called Ziva Meditation. Wow. And, you know, come to find out, it's an online program. I took it, changed my life. But it's a form of transcendental meditation mm. where you basically um, know there is no thoughtless meditation at all. Um, but it's it's just a habit of, I don't know, you just create this habit, and it's a feeling, and it's truly a state of, bliss which is such a crazy word to yeah. use but it is just like oh i'm i'm here now but it took a long time to get there i mean wow. it, it was about yeah i mean it, yeah so you do it every day every day twice a day 20 minutes wow 20 yeah. minutes twice a day yeah wow 40 minutes of meditation yeah. and they say if you don't have time if you don't have 20 minutes to meditate you should meditate for an hour <laughs> yeah yeah i've heard that right if you don't have time you definitely you need yeah. this Oh. No, nah, that's funny. Yeah. So then your routine is also um, you work out. Yeah. How many days a week do you work out? Um, it's seven if I can get it. Really? But yeah, but I'll but like one of them maybe like a walk. Okay. Or you know like twenty minutes on the treadmill or something. I mean it or on the elliptical. Like one day might be light um, or one day yoga, but. Um, yeah. The, it's, the other days are what? I know we talked a little about so, CrossFit. Is it CrossFit? No, I don't do CrossFit anymore. I got too beefy. And yeah. I, so uh, I got too injured on CrossFit. Yeah, and I love that it. too. It, it, it's a huge competition and I love it. But the toes, the bars, the pull-ups, uh, man, my, my shoulder. I've hit a lot of people with these shoulders. They, <laughs> they did not like the contact. Well, all. that's what I always said. I have shoulders like a linebacker. The last <laughs> the last place I need to be is CrossFit. Um, and I did kind of hurt my shoulder in CrossFit. CrossFit is more a mental thing for me. Like, yeah, for sure. I liked I liked the, okay, like workout until you puke just once so you know what your max is. <laughs> I, I, but I, what I love about CrossFit is embracing failure. Yeah. Because yeah. so many people don't embrace failure, and I'm never going to lift that because mm-hmm. I can't make it. But how, what, what yeah. do we build up to right. where we can at least try it? Right. And then next week, you could potentially get it. So I think the embracing failure, and because most times you go to the gym, LA Fitness is like, all right, I know I can do this 10 times. I'm going to do yeah. this three times 10, and we're out of here. Right. But if you ever fail at a weight right. before, it just changes your whole mentality of how you work out. So that's why yeah. I love CrossFit, but I just uh, my body did not agree with my love <laughs> for that sport. Well, it's, yeah, mine, it's, it's exactly kind of where I was. But uh, um, I go to Shred yeah. twice a week. Um, Orange Theory, I got mm. a little too competitive, pulled a hammy. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go. I'm like, I need to go somewhere where there's not a scoreboard. <laughs> oh, man. So you put it on the running portion? Oh, you put yeah. It the, I um, just One can't. of the sprints is like, all out. <laughs> I can hear, like, my dad, second place is the first loser. <laughs> I'm in the red. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, um, yeah, I do shred shred 
twice a week and then on my own in the neighborhood and then I run. So Yeah, I just started doing um F forty five. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, it's in West Carmel. They just opened, like okay. right down the street from my stack pickle. And um it was a pretty good workout. Okay. Actually like a good good variety. Um yeah. changes up a little bit. I just started running. Um I haven't been a huge runner in my life. I started I had a Peloton. Oh, okay. The Peloton changed my life. My husband kind of wants one of those. So when you get bored, yeah. let me know. I don't <laughs> have to buy a new one. <laughs> the, it's amazing. The running thing, though, I'll tell you, I never thought I'd be a runner. And there's, I've always kind of had the mentality of if, I, if, if this seems awful, that probably is the thing I'm supposed to right. do. And that's what brought me to CrossFit. It's like, I don't want to lift weights. Are you kidding right. me? I used to teach Zumba. Like, I'll do Zumba all day long. <laughs> but uh, the running thing there's something with running and absorbing information Mm. that has changed my life. So I listen to podcasts or um, books always while I'm running. And I think it's just, um, I don't know if it's oxygen in my brain, some scientist somewhere is going (laughs) to figure it out. Um, But the amount of information that I can absorb from a book or from anything while I'm running is so much bigger and better than anything else. Like all the connections yeah, it's great. That's but running and meditation both. Wow, that's amazing. We yeah. were just talking about so BJ, um, he's my digital marketer. He's he's a big runner. Good mile, I think Good Miles Crew. What is it? Good Miles Crew. Good miles crew. So they do like three Ks or five Ks like uh, once a week. I think he runs um, six Ks as well or ten Ks rather. Um, so we were discussing earlier because like I'm hooked to running now. So I'm like, that's great. So. Do I need a fanny pack to put my phone? Do I get an Apple Watch and, like, cordless? Like, so what's your setup when you're running? So I, I used to carry my my phone. Right. Um, and, I, well, I really still do. Apparently, the newest Apple update, you can um, – your podcasts and books can go on your phone with the AirPods. So you don't mm. have to carry your phone on the cellular. So I do have an Apple Watch, and okay. I do love it. But, I mean, I'll carry my phone, too. And I've gotten – now I'm going to do the monumental half, November okay. 3rd. So – um, I'll, you know, I, I'm used to carrying something. If I'm, you know, going a lot of miles, I'll need a little bit of water or something. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Yeah. I'm definitely trying to figure out my, my run. It's like exciting. You get to buy some new clothes, you know, you, <laughs> I can't wear my basketball shirts out there running. Uh, I guess that's frowned upon. So, uh, it's definitely a, a new thing, but I think you're, you're onto something. If, if your body hates it and your, your mind, um, I think that's definitely something that you should try to do. Yep. Yeah, that's amazing. So we're um, so any particular books that you read that really change your mindset? I know we talked about the trans um transformational. Uh, it's tra- transcendental meditation. Okay. Um, the book is um, gosh, I I forget the name of the book. Uh, I think it's Bob Roth, not the painter. I could okay. be wrong. Um. I'd have to look that one up. But um, I I think business, well, just business and everything. Uh, Ray Dalio, a fairly recent book called Principles. Okay. That's really, really, really good. Wow. Like I read it. I I listened to it twice. It was really, really good. Um, Think and Grow Rich, which is obviously a classic. Like I have a poster in my bathroom. I'm such a nerd about it. But it's – that's – that's a that's a must read. Um, I, I love the um, the notion in there that you're six feet away from gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's right on the other. side. Yeah, and it's and it's amazing. <laughs> and I think so many entrepreneur entrepreneurs they quit too soon. Yeah, and it just like this is a, supposed to be painful. Like it's not easy. If it were, everyone would do it. But within that pain, 
you have to endure, I think, through meditation yeah. or, or through working out, through something, some other personal development. Because if you're just going at it alone and you don't have any tools, then I don't think you're going to survive. It's like, you know, that, that pain, too, if you can change your mindset to – it's like, man, when when – when everything, when it hits the fan and you're like, it's literally like your body recalibrating mm. for the next level, right? right. I always I always think of like Bowser's Castle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, make it to Bowser's Castle and make it to Bowser's Castle and I try. And, and it's when you feel that pain or you feel the butterflies. For me, like public speaking was a huge, like that's, it was something huge that I had to overcome. And the first time I did it, I'm, I just remember my legs shaking, like I'm drilling my heel down in the ground. And um, if you can change your mindset to when you feel it, that's when you know you're about to have wow. whatever's on the other side. It makes it so much easier to, to push through. It's not like it's hard, it's bad. It's like, oh, it's hard, it's going to be better. Right. So. No, nah, that's awesome. I, I saw something else. Um, you said something, progress over perfection? Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean by that? So Nemo. Just keep swimming. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep swimming. And that was, um, I think that's one that I really embraced when I had the mindset of like, when I just get through this, everything's going to be blah. When right. I just, like I was looking for some like these plateaus and no, like it's just like, just, just keep moving. Right. <laughs> just keep moving. Just one more step. No matter what gets thrown at you, like you you just keep moving. So. Yeah. Now, it, it's amazing. I do a lot of public speaking. And one thing that I always say, like, you survived 100% of your bad days. Yeah, that's great. Right? Yeah. You have survived. Right. Like, you're here. Yeah. Like, you won. <laughs> what are you going to do about that's great. that? That's so, great. It, it's just amazing how people's mentality is. The, the funniest uh, photo I've seen on Instagram, it was a little girl that was in first place and she was crying. And a girl to her left was in third, and she had it up big yeah. and smile on her face, and she was so proud of herself. And so many people in life is like they're in first place and they're upset, yeah. and it's just like people in third or they figured it out, yeah, <laughs> right. And I think it's just that whole uh, that pride gets over perfection. Like you know, it, it's gonna take time. You're not gonna be perfect, but yeah. I don't think you ever will. Well, there is that's the whole thing is perfection doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it literally doesn't exist. So you're kind of being a little. You know, it's it's pretty pretentious to think like I, I would hear people say, oh, well, she's a she's a perfectionist or he's a perfectionist. I was like, oh, no, he's scared of what people think. No, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Definitely run scared. So this has been awesome. So every episode we end um, with you leaving one clue of your success. So you, you left a lot. So if you had one clue that you can share with our audience. What would that be? I would say that we get to decide in every single moment to make a new decision. And no no past, no story, no anything. It doesn't have to do anything with your future. So in every moment, we get to decide and everything else is just drama. Wow, that's awesome. Well, that's great. Well, Casey, thank you very much. I definitely appreciate it. You have actually, we actually broke the um, the gender barrier today. You're, you are <laughs> you are our first woman guest, 
and I couldn't have a better woman on the show, so I thank definitely you. thank you. Um, wish you nothing but success. I am definitely signing my little boy up for Ninja Zone um, sometime soon. Um, I think you'll love the course, and I think I respect what you do, and I'm definitely rooting for you, and um, I hope you uh, get everything that you're after. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me, Gary. Right, no problem. All right, guys, you can catch us next time. Success leaves clues. Please like the podcast and share it with your friends. Have a good one. The Stacked Pickle wants to serve you the trifecta, wings, burgers, and beers. But that's not all they have on the menu. The Stacked Pickle also features a full bar, pizza, tenderloin, pasta, and more. Once you stack, you won't go back. Indy's number one neighborhood restaurant and sports bar. Online at stackpickle.com.